joining us in the studio is our mayor of Collingwood, Brian Saunderson, your worship. Great to have you back. Good morning, guys. When you said 3 a.m., I thought I'm early. <laughs> That's always, my usual wake-up call, by the way. It's always good to be prompt, yes. I think. Uh, uh, mayor Saunderson, uh, lots going on, of course. Uh, last week, there was discussion about our climate initiative uh, locally. Can you sort of fill us in, for those who might not know what's going on there? Yeah, so it was a uh, motion brought by Councillor Berman um, uh, asking the council to uh, pass a um, climate change or emergency acknowledgement, but also to take action on that. So the uh, there are a number of municipalities throughout uh, Canada that have done this. Uh, uh, Toronto was the most recent before uh, Collingwood did this. And uh, but rather than just having the uh, declaration that there is a state of emergency and acknowledgement, uh, we wanted to have an action plan. We wanted things proactively to come from this that would help to address that locally. And uh, so that's that was the thrust of that motion. It was passed unanimously, and uh, and recently with from anything from the climate strike um, uh, that the students. Uh, Put on uh, about three or four weeks ago mm-hmm. to the uh, the film. There's a film that's come out called Resilience, actually, that's come uh, from Owen Sound, and uh, there was a screening of that uh, before the climate strike, uh, and it's a very powerful film. But again, it also gives a positive message about things we can do individually, and um, uh, and recently there has a climate action team that has formed in Collingwood. And uh, so we're, the discussion is really starting to roll forward now, and uh, and I think it's about time. But it has to be done in a way where we're looking at things that we can do locally and individually that are going to have an impact. Are there some uh, objectives that are, are are defined yet, or is that we're simply at the role of that's what we're about to do now? Uh, no, I don't think there were defined objectives, but there. this is a trend that's been happening at Town Hall, and it really was kicked off by our staff. They formed a green committee. And uh, and that's rolled forward from internally and really at our town staff. And then uh, about, uh, I think, the beginning of the summer, uh, council passed the uh, uh, direction to eliminate single-use plastics from municipal facilities in the next six months, and that's rolling forward as well. And we've just recently got two new uh, EV charging stations over at the affordable housing complex, 485 mm-hmm. 2nd Street. You can get into the parking lot off High Street, and it's the, uh, the general parking lot. And so people are welcome to go there and to charge. And uh, we're working at getting additional uh, charging stations here in town, uh, as well as a bunch of initiatives to, to roll forward. And we've got, uh, you know, local... We got really our greening of the economy with the, the sump pump initiative and the rain grid uh, smart uh, rain barrel, uh, and as well we're looking in discussions with uh, Georgian Bay Forever to get involved in a test uh, pilot uh, project that's um, looking at uh, filtering wastewater from washing machines because uh, we're now learning that most of the microplastics that are finding our way into our ah. environment and our and our ecology uh, are coming from clothing. Wow. So if we can uh, filter them out of your wastewater before it goes into the uh, municipal system, then uh, we will be hoping uh, hope eliminating that uh, as much as we can. So there's a lot of green initiatives that we're working forward with that uh, that fit in nicely with all of this, and uh, and it's time that we all need to do this. Good news. Another good news story, finally, uh, the Centennial Pool is back open and in operation. Yes, it's uh, open, and the uh, tile problem has been fixed. The drainage is great. And uh, so there was uh, a lot of 
Happy residents to see the pool open again, not the least of which was the Clippers, so they can now train back in Collingwood again. Uh, what's the final price tag on all that? We've we spent a lot of money on a building that's only about six years old. We have, and uh, I think the actual increase in cost in this particular case, John, wasn't as significant as we thought it might be. There was uh, money earmarked for the maintenance, and I think the additional work um, to rectify by putting in the new drains mm-hmm. uh, came to, a, I think, about another $15,000. Oh, okay. So, so uh, yeah, I would thought it was in the neighborhood of sixty, seventy thousand dollars. Well, there were globally the the cost was, but yeah. the particular cost specific to the ah. correcting this drainage issue uh, was not um, not as significant as well, which was a good thing. But you're correct. We have spent uh, about ten percent of the value of the buildings, three hundred and sixty thousand dollars over the last six years in unplanned maintenance um, uh, on buildings that were initially uh, tagged to be about three point six million. Wow. Uh, what do you do in those terms in, in terms of budgeting? Obviously, we didn't budget for that extra cost. Uh, does it come out of a slush fund? Does something get dropped for the season? What happens? I'm going to have to call you on slush fund. <laughs> That's not a term we use at Town Hall. Well, I mean, I'm not an Maybe in the uh, <laughs> Godfather movies. But anyway, um, <laughs> we uh, there are reserve funds, and, and they are there for that very reason. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the reserves are – there's a capital reserve fund and operating reserves. We have a number of reserves. Some are we required to keep uh, by statute, so they're legislatively mandated, um, like development charges. But mm-hmm. uh, others are, are um, what they call – discretionary uh, reserve funds, and yes, we have a capital management asset plan. The uh, the uh, court, uh, the, the judicial uh, uh, investigation is still going on. Uh, the price tag rising on that, obviously. Are, are we getting nervous yet about how much this is going to cost and how we're going to pay for it? Uh, I, I think we have a, a way to pay for it. Um, but the costs are always an issue. Right. I mean, we want to we keep the, uh, the cost... Uh, as efficient uh, uh, and scoped as possible. The second phase has gone much faster. So yes. we are, are starting today with the last witness of phase two. Okay. So phase one was looking at uh, how we came up with the uh, sale of uh, 50% of the shares and how that was done. And, uh, and then this uh, phase two has been looking at how we spent those proceeds. So uh, basically how we came to the decision for the recreational facilities at Central Park Arena and the Centennial Pool. And uh, so once we've concluded this phase, there will be a third phase in the end of November, which will uh, be scoped very narrowly. And I think really the only parties withstanding at that point in time will be the commission and the town. Right. And we'll be interviewing various municipal experts, uh, governance experts, um, who will then provide uh, the commissioner, Justice Morocco, with advice or recommendations about how uh, what things could have been put in place that would have helped to prevent uh, the uh, type of uh, scenario that unfolded in those two transactions? And uh, and then that will inform him when he goes forward because his report's going to look at making findings of fact about how these things were done, if there were uh, gaps uh, in the processes and if there were any uh, problems in the conduct of how these things were done. And then he will make recommendations about how that could be avoided moving forward. And those could be simple things locally like creating a lobbyist registry or more uh, provincially wide things like um, amendments to the Municipal Act, uh, amendments to the Municipal Conflict of Interest Act, and uh, potentially saying things like, well, if you want to have a universally provincially wide uh, uh, code of conduct, 
then uh, decisions by local integrity commissioners could be used province-wide because right now the code of conduct is up to each individual municipality, so you have as many codes of conduct as you do municipalities, essentially. So Mm. it's difficult for an integrity commissioner to take a ruling from another municipality because their code of conduct may be different. If you had uh, a universal code of conduct, Mm. then there'd be more universality, and uh, maybe that's the way the province wants to move. And maybe they can help us pay for it. Well, that's another discussion, and uh, certainly we'll be knocking on a few doors. Mayor Brian Saunderson, thank you so much for joining us here on Talk of the Town. Thank you, guys.